to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. Hi Mark, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good, no worries. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Um, I've been really excited about this one because we had a really good chat a few months ago and um, we talked about something really specific that I thought was going to be really interesting and different on this podcast. Like quite often we talk about DNI and leadership styles and um, you know different challenges, etc. But I feel like we're going to offer the audience and the listeners something very different today, so Hope I'm so. really looking forward to it. So before we start, um, just to let our listeners and viewers know, so Mark, um, you're the CTO um, and Transformation Advisor currently at Purple Bricks, is that right? That's right, yeah, so yeah, I was moving strike and then moved to advisor role recently, yeah. Fantastic, brilliant. So just to give the audience and listeners a, a bit of context, could you just tell us a little bit more about your background and your kind of like your career today? Yeah, of course. I'll try and make it really short. So <laughs> I was thinking on the way here. Yeah, I think it's been twenty years now, um, wow. which is crazy, really. So I started at sixteen years old in technology. Yeah. Um, it, I started tinkering in a company that was doing sort of online um, ad media and plasma screens in different locations across the country. And I got the opportunity to do web development, graphic design and video editing and all mm. these things. And, and I loved it. It was brilliant. And I just was really interested in, in technology from early on, just kind of what it can do for businesses and also for people. Um, so I kind of pursued that part of my career for a while. And then I moved into more engineering and very, yeah. very early on, co-founded a engineering company as part of a bigger Fantastic. group globally. So I was kind of thrown into like starting up a business. I think I was about 20 sort of wow, then and it, it was unexpected and unplanned I don't yeah. think they even intended it to be honest um and and that was an extremely exciting journey of six years of building a product and organization from absolutely nothing yeah. uh, you know it, it, we only employed about sort of 30 people by the time I, I moved on but still I'm say only that's a decent yeah like, I mean in the no, scale of things that you hear across the world especially now, back then as well yeah. absolutely that's a great achievement it was it was an amazing journey just seeing how you know how you build a business and it was a manufacturing business as well so yeah. that was so exciting and then I hit a bit of a crossroads I'd done all these different things around engineering product leadership um sort of you know listening to P&L updates and giving P&L updates yeah. and so early in my career it was a bit like where do I go now and I went into more transformation and went to British Gas and took them from paper in the field um, you know they were literally doing service and repairs on paper yeah. and moving to mobile systems and ERP uh, and all those things so that was super interesting and then post that and then after that I was a bit like okay that was great doing that in sort of a big blue chip company um, working with some great people yeah. and, and I moved to Australia after that and went to Yahoo and we launched their sort of uh, equivalent of BBC iPlayer in Australia and New Zealand. So wow. it was their sort of, they were on the web, but they wanted to do mobile app. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of went out and did that with, a, again, an amazing team. And then I get moved back because I was absolutely useless in the heat. Uh, and so we decided that we'll come back to the UK. A uh, bit better climate, I think, uh, for me. And uh, and I went to the BBC and we were sort of doing um, BBC Microbits. So that was all about... Um, delivering a wearable, programmable computer device to basically inspire the next generation of computing computer developers. And it was an incredible project, but it was so fast-paced over a year. And we delivered that to a million children across the UK. Uh, and that's something I was yeah, really proud to work on. And then I moved on to Skybet. And that, I think, probably was the... Where my leadership journey started quite early on. Um, not out of design really mm. and I moved to Skybet and they were going through this huge growth phase you, you know you know you know the company really well you've worked with us yeah. uh, in the past yeah. and, and 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 basically yeah just started a very interesting sort of six seven years there 
into leadership um, and learning about leadership and just working with some amazing people um, and then from them sort of moving on then now into more consultancy just at the moment so just working with businesses that want to scale grow acquire other organizations mm-hmm. uh, build really good technology and ways of working so that is a is sort of nutshell yeah, summary of what, what, what I've been doing and I think you and I first but what was it like eight nine years ago when yeah. you moved over from Australia yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah I just um, I've, I've learned more I've, new things about you <laughs> yeah, today as well yeah. I didn't know you co-founded a business previously so yeah. really interesting background um, I'd love to talk to you more in more detail yeah. about all of that and go into as much detail as we can, but we're short of time today. So I think it'd be really great to, there was there was something that when we we had that chat a couple of months ago where I just thought, you know what? Um, I think talking about that in particular would make a great podcast and really offer our, these podcasts are about offering our viewers and listeners um, as much kind of inspiration and ex- learnings and experiences about other leaders' challenges within the community um, so that they can learn from from that as well and right. grow and develop themselves. So we, I'd like to really talk specifically about um, your more recent um, time in your career as an advisor. Yeah. Um, and you, I understand, over um, have recently overseen an acquisition. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't just any old acquisition. It yeah. was in. It was an acquisition um, that was managed in a four-week period. I understand. Yeah, roughly, yeah. Roughly yeah, probably even shorter. <laughs> yeah, and I, I couldn't believe it when you told me about it. It was just like, oh my god, I haven't heard of that before. Like, how the hell did you do that? Yeah. Um, so I'd love to if we could just probably just give a bit more context to the situation and then we can go into it in a little bit more detail. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. Hopefully, it's a valuable experience to share with people and. It certainly probably put me to the test in, in every way, really, from a sort of career perspective. Yeah, um, it has. I joined, so I joined Strike. So Strike was, uh, they rebranded after COVID from How Simple to Strike. And their yeah. mission is about solving the customer sort of pain point around moving. Moving is one of the most stressful things I think you can do in your life. Yeah. And they want to make that easy. And they want to make it free as well. Um, they see it as a market that's been underserved in terms of that problem. And so they were sort of, you know, disrupting that market. Um, trying to grow market share as an organisation. They had a fantastic culture, you know, a real sort of startup energy to them, but with lots of great experienced people and people with really strong background in property. Yeah. They're backed by a private equity firm called Freston Ventures, who is owned by Sir Charles Dunstone, who founded Carphone Warehouse uh, and other businesses. So a really interesting sort of private mm. equity firm behind them. And their thing is all about disruption. So they brought five guys to, to Europe um, they, they, they like to go into markets and, and sort of buy businesses or create businesses that think about solving the customer problem in a different way, different way that makes yeah. it better for them. So yeah. it's great when you get a company that's aligned with the private equity firm and the missions are aligned and the values. And I think that's what you certainly see at Strike. So I joined Strike as sort of hands-on CTO role. Mm-hmm. Smaller organisation that I've been in for years after being at Flutter, which obviously is you know, 25,000 yeah. plus yeah. people. Um, and, and, and just very interesting sort of going in there very hands-on and, and looking at the technology but I was brought in because at the time it was very confidential but they were in the process of looking to acquire Purple Bricks so Purple Bricks obviously splashed onto the market maybe 10 plus years ago as yeah. that original disruptor of the online property market yeah. and the property market as a whole and they did an amazing job of kind of becoming a household brand so when they you know sort of 
I think they flagged a, a warning to the market to say, you know, we're financially in a bit of trouble and we're looking for a buyer. Mm. Obviously, Strike and their private equity uh, investors were really interested because Strike was making great strides into the market. But to get their brand ubiquity to the level that Purple Bricks is, yeah. it could take a, a decade in, you know, in itself. So for them, it was a, it was a really interesting opportunity. And yeah. Sam, the CEO, you know, he, he was, he's a fantastic leader and he was so excited about this and just felt like this could be the marriage of kind of strike and it's, and it's where you can sell your home for free and easily. And that brand could be such a powerful thing in the market to grow that sort of market leader and become the number one. Yeah. So I joined the organisation and we basically had to start due diligence immediately how long have you been? Had you been there? So I, I all... oh, a day. Uh, so oh, my really? first, so my first day uh, was literally. Uh, I hadn't officially joined on this day. Actually, yeah. it was like first first meeting, and there was uh, all the uh, sort of private equity board, yeah. and there was all the executive team of Strike, and then there was a, a consultancy third party in the middle yeah. that had done an initial set of due diligence on the technology estate of Purple Bricks, mm-hmm. and so so I had no report before it. It was just, can you join this call and just see, you know, and, and really kind of go with this consultancy through yeah. what they'd found validate it challenge it if needs be and stuff yeah. so yeah it was a good warm-up you know it was like <laughs> and you know none of them I hadn't even met the CEO at this point because uh when I was hired because it was all moving so fast mm. when they hired me he was in Vietnam and, and basically they were, and they, there was a reason it was sorry I don't know if no, you can okay. say or not um there was a reason wasn't there that it was moving that it had to move as quickly as yeah as yeah so uh, yeah I think a couple of reasons behind it and and but but ultimately sort of you know cash flow they were in a really right. difficult position. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so they want, and, and the CEO, who had not been there long, fantastic leader, she, she and her, her CFO, fantastic leaders, they really wanted to find the right buyer for that company and, yeah. and, and protect as many of the staff as they could, yeah. you know, so that Purple Bricks, to what they believed and everybody believed, could, could thrive and grow again. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it was a, a rapid start. And that was it then. That first day was the beginning of due diligence. And yeah. we had... We didn't know how long at that point we had, um, right. and then and then and then we sort of you know got to this position. Usually, of, usually due diligence can take two, three months or yeah. more, depending yeah. on the size of the organisation. I, I had a great like... plan, Sandra. I, I had this <laughs> three month plan mapped out. This you know based on prior experience. This is how we'll do it. Uh, it taught me very quickly. Forget what you know and adapt yeah. extremely fast when yeah. you need to uh, right. and, and get over yourself if you're in denial that it's happening that fast <laughs> yeah well that leads me nicely onto my next question is like I can imagine there was a whole host of emotions to deal with um stress uh, people yeah. challenges and just cha- you know day-to-day business challenges yeah. how did you how did you manage all of that you know how did you um you know, yeah. How did you manage it all? Yeah. What it, advice would you give to others going through something similar? It's a, it's a great question. Um, it's you know, some of it was you know new to me, uh, and some of it was past experience. So you're trying to pull on this experience that you've gotten, an experience yeah. you just don't have. And I think at the time we couldn't, I couldn't. So I had direct some direct reports in strike. Yeah. I couldn't tell them what was happening, um, which goes massively against one of my big mm. values of authenticity and transparency. That was very, very challenging. The, the sort of, I was joining a company on boarding and then, I, you know, a lot of the time I was off doing stuff that I couldn't really share, yeah. which felt very, very strange. It's yeah, it is, yeah, it's really tough. And, and, and I think, you know, I think that's where, you know, first challenge is when your values come into conflict, but you don't really mm. have a choice and you know you're doing it for the right reason. But I think, you know, what I learned there was 
I wasn't doing it on purpose. Um, I knew as soon as I had the opportunity to talk to them and bring them into it, I would. And, yeah. and, and it would be a really and exciting within moment. Your, within your yeah. control, was it? Like, no, and we didn't know, you know if we were going to purchase the yeah. organisation at the time or not. So yeah. you don't want to distract people unnecessarily because yeah, once you introduce yeah. that uncertainty, you've got to spend a lot of time managing that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then rightly that takes so. people's focus away from the yeah. day-to-day business as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it does. Um, but I think when we came to that moment of being able to share it with people, you know, it's. It, I think I remember delivering the message and I think... Yeah. My style is generally trying to be enthusiastic. It's part of my sort of values. It's, you know, be optimistic. Like, yeah. it's so much better than being negative. But you do have to be negative sometimes and realistic and, and things. But mm. I try to default to optimism. And that's, yeah. you know, difficult some days. But I think it's an endeavour, you know. And, and, yeah. and I think that's what people need in change. They need some optimism. They need to see that energy and that excitement. I'm a big believer that energy creates momentum. And when you're going that fast, you're going to have to create a lot of momentum and action in a very short space of time. Mm. So when I could tell people, the way I'd sort of delivered it to the strikers at the time was what a moment in the history of your organisation, you know, and Sam, the CEO, you know, shared this message and I kind of abstracted that and, and took that into the technology teams. You've come onto the market, you know, you are the disruptor, you're sort of second, third in market share, mm. but there's a big gap between purple bricks. It's incredible that you're in this position now to buy the market leader. It doesn't yeah, often happen. Yeah. It's usually the other way around. Uh, and I think they were just so excited about that and proud. And that's what, mm. you know, I, um, my style is, you know, move pretty quickly. Um, but I think that was a moment that I really wanted the team to step back and celebrate because I knew then there'd be a lot of change that would be ahead. Yeah. And you quickly move on from that. Yeah. But it does, it's the, that catalyst moment of we're going to go into this change and really things are never going to be the same again. Yeah. You know, you, you 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 really need to kind of uh, be on top of communication because it, it creates a lot of uncertainty for people. Yeah, I was going to ask you that actually. It was my next question is, how did you manage the change and the impact with the people? But if you could go into that in, in you know, kind of yeah. not higher level, but like the yeah, detail of course, around yeah. that, that, I think that would be really yeah. interesting to share. So knowing that we were going to probably buy this business, it was, yeah. it was fairly pot, it was fairly certain. You're never sure, and you've the legalities and all that. Anything you know. can change, can't it? it right oh, at the and, last it, and it really nearly did. You think you're going to yeah. sign, and it was it, like uh, an episode of Succession. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it was it was it was exhausting. It was, it, but it was exciting, yeah. and and I, so knowing we were going to go into this change. One of the first things that I did, and this was the, the beauty of being a bit of a small organisation, is I tried to meet with everybody in the technology mm. department individually and just really listen and understand them and rather focus on, on the work and, and things. Try to just get to know them a little bit and, and let them get to know me because, because when you're going through such a massive amount of change, you really are asking people to trust you fundamentally. Yeah. You're asking for actions and decisions and, and contribution, but you're really yeah. asking for people to trust you. Yeah. Well, their life is kind of in your hands, 100%, isn't it? Like, 100%, yeah. yeah. And I think that is such an important process through such big changes. Leadership is something that you earn. It's not something you're given, you know, yeah. and you have to earn that all the time. By being consistent exactly. as well, Be- all the time. Exactly. You say, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you, you're responsible for people's lives. The, yeah. the decisions you'll make impact their families mm. and I think some people and particularly in difficult times or when you're facing into redundancies and things mm. people can compartmentalize you know this is difficult but I need to do it to save money um I don't tend to do that like I, I'll feel it all you know mm. if, if, if we're going to have to talk about redundancies I'll fully face into the impacts of what that means to those people and yeah. possibly their families too 
And I think by doing that and not compartmentalising and shutting yourself off from some of that negative change that can come with these mm. things, your decision, is, your decision is so much better and you challenge yourself to find different ways to do things in a better way. So, yeah. for example, if you're under a lot of pressure and we were in this scenario to save a lot of money fast mm -hmm. uh, to save that business, you know, you've got to get creative quickly rather yeah. than just default to people's jobs. You know, you want to look at suppliers and where we're being efficient yeah. and all those yeah. things. So that how I tackle that was meet with people individually, get to know them really quickly, but do it genuinely, listen, yeah. take that time and, and things. Then, you know, there's a lot of stuff in leadership about communication, isn't it? But I, I think you truly have to, if you say I'm available and I'm approachable, prove it. You know, you have to show it. So the minute somebody reaches out off the back of you saying something like that, so I, mm. I would do a regular sort of town hall with the tech team. Yeah. I say, please reach out. If you're worried about anything, just reach out. Yeah. Don't bump that person two weeks in your diary. Make Get them on the same day. Because yeah. it's, it's that action that people believe it in. Is, yeah. You know, yeah. prioritise it. If somebody asks you a question in Slack, prioritise it. Because it's fundamentally the most important thing. Because those people have got to come on that journey with you. And you're going to need them to deliver something so big so Absolutely. quickly. Um, yeah. So it was that, really. And then just having, like, informal coffee drop-ins and... Just changing the structure of the communication. So some of it was, you know, fairly formal broadcasting. Yeah. I wanted to keep them, the teams up to date of what was happening all the way through mm. on a really regular basis. If I knew something was big was coming, uh, you know, you'd book something in like that. But then I did sort of coffee drop-ins, which were, they were great. And, and they weren't, they were very informal initially. They were just sort of like people just sharing how they are, how they're feeling, and just trying to create that um, that psychological safety yeah. that people could talk to yeah. them. And rather than me giving them sort of like a leadership sort of response, like just, you know, just respond. Just to them on their level yeah, and just, just being really authentic. Like, as a human, and, yeah. yeah, to it to go, yeah. like I'd be lying if I wasn't worried about how fast we were going, you know, but, you know, all I can tell you is what I know now and what I don't know, I'll try and find out for you, you yeah. know. And I think it's, I think it's just being just authentic and, and, and you won't have all the answers, you never do. And yeah. it's really frustrating not being able yeah. to always tell people what they want to know. But yeah. I think if you can commit to them to finding out, you know, then then that's the, the best thing you can do for somebody, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Gosh, I can't imagine how, um, yeah, everything that you've been through and how that um, sort of, it's a lot, it's a lot yeah. for, you know, so you, you're not, not only communicating down, but then obviously you've got the board yes. to work with yeah. for both businesses as yeah. well. Um, how did you, I'd be interested to understand, I can imagine, I, can, I haven't been in your shoes, so I can only try and imagine how it must have felt and what it would have been like being in your shoes. How did you, how did you switch off in the evenings? How did you sleep? How did you deal with the stress? Because yeah. I know... I know what I'm like, and if I was in your shoes, I don't think I would have done very, very much switching off. Yeah. Um, but it was obviously a big, big acquisition, really serious, really quick. Yeah. Um, you know, you you probably would have gone mad if you'd not managed to yeah. switch off somehow. So how yeah. how did you manage the whole yeah all the stress? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I've learned the hard way in the past for sure. Yeah. I think COVID tested everybody in oh, so gotcha. many different ways, didn't yeah. they? And I think burnout became this word that was too common because so yeah. many people were experiencing it and, it and it was pretty awful and and I think yeah sort of pushed some limits back then and learned you know and mm. learned a lot and had some health challenges a couple of years back which really taught me about you know what is the importance it wasn't self-inflicted it came out of the blue but still nonetheless right. and so 
I've kind of like learned some habits that I know if I, if I look at myself like a table, which is just a terrible analogy, isn't it? But if, I, if I'm like a table and I've got legs. You're very far from stuff. a table. Yeah. <laughs> but if I've got some legs and I'm like, and, and I think I'm awful at analogies. I don't know why I do that. But, um, but there's these things that underpin you, don't they? They keep you balanced. And, yeah. I, and I know what yeah. those are. And that yeah. is outside in nature. So fresh air, walking mm. is exercise. Um, you know, even if it's like a 10 minutes throwing myself around the living room to Joe Wicks, it's incredible <laughs> what that does, you know, yeah. especially when you're in problem space all the time and and and, and things yeah, fa- yeah that's it meditation yeah. and I do I, I do struggle with meditation but I, you know to switch off but I do find it it brings me back to being present and, and I think my two-year-old has taught me a lot about presence um yeah. and I think that now having to be present certainly for him it's so important because these young years, as you'll know, yeah, how yeah. fast does that go? Really important. And I don't want to look back with any regrets, you know, yeah. with that side of things. So why does that come into work? Well, actually doing these things like exercise, going in nature, meditating, switching off at night time, it enables me to be more present in work yeah. because I'm not in like a survival mode. I'm just like, go, go, go. We've got yeah. so much to do, so much pressure. Yeah. I can step back and, and that, make, that definitely makes me loads better. I do not get that right all the time. It's, you know, there are times when I've worked too long, too late. And I think it happens. And I used to criticise myself a lot for that. But Mm. now I don't. I just say, look, you're doing the best you can. You're working as hard as you can because you want Mm. the best. You want the best for everybody. You want to do a good job Mm. and things. Um, But actually, right, you need to pull it back now. And I think it's knowing when you're at that tipping point of actually I'm I'm going too hard here. I'm pushing it. I'm not doing those things that, that, that do me good, you know, eating well and things like that. And it's so simple, you know, I think when you do tip over the edge a bit with stress and, and a bit of burnout and things like that and overwhelm, um, you think it's going to take a long time to get yourself back to a good place. Yeah. So sometimes you can keep going, um, you know, but actually, you know, just going out for that one walk, doing that one workout, you guarantee you feel immediately better. So that was kind of how I balanced it. And yeah. at the weekends, just, yeah, you know, it's, it's Slack. He's so connected now, aren't you? And, and, oh, and I know. we had WhatsApp groups, Slack. It yeah, was, you know, I was just going to say WhatsApp yeah. Teams, Slack, yeah. LinkedIn. <laughs> it's always popping off, isn't it? It never stops, no. does it? It really does. And you always feel this like, yeah, this thing that you've got to respond. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, just taking that time out. and just Yeah, yeah definitely. It's like you say, it's creating a habit, isn't it? And yeah. um, and I do believe that, you know, I've I've experienced that myself. You know, I've been really up and down over the years yeah. with, with managing work stress and, and it is difficult. And I have found that, you know, recently I've had a couple of months off doing those things Amazing, and it's right. massively affected me in a negative way. And right. so I've started again, but it is, it's one of those, it's not, unfortunately, sadly, it's not something that you can just do for a couple of weeks, a month or something and think like, oh, I'm yeah. sorted now, I'm stress-free, I'm all yeah. right. You know, because it creeps back in, doesn't it? It and really it does. And it's creating that habit, which yeah. I think, you know, can be difficult to do. Um, but like you say, that being present in work, but then also being present at home as well, yeah. when you've got a young child, it's really important. It, it is, and, and you know, it's hard because you can look, I think when you get into that executive space as well, you know, yeah. generally surrounded by high-performing individuals, yeah. Uh, and and they, you know, you think, well, how are they doing it all, you know, and stuff. So I need to, I need to yeah. keep up their messaging at ten p.m. at night. I need to respond at, at night time. Yeah. And I think it's about finding, you know, good boundaries for yourself. And yeah, uh, you know, you, yeah, you know, as long as people know you care because you care and for your actions and things. But if you have to step back for an hour and switch off, then that's so important to do. That, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yes. Fantastic. So yeah, I, I yeah absolutely agree with everything that you said, and I think there's some great, really valuable um, experiences and and um, yeah challenges and things that you've you've um, talked about here today. I think that's really great to to share. Um, I think what I'd be really interested to understand more of is lessons that you've learned throughout that process. You yeah. know, like what would you what if you could do it all again. What would you do differently, if anything? Because, like, there's always something, isn't there, that you'd think, oh, do you know, if I did, did that again, I'd do this differently or that. And oh, what, yeah. would you, what would you do differently? Yeah, there's always just so many, like, you always come out of something like that and reflect so hard. Yeah. And sometimes the pace of things, you kind of do stuff and you think it's and the right thing. sometimes you don't have enough time to think it all yeah. through properly, do you? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, in acquisitions, you're often at the start limited in who you can talk to and what information yeah. you can have. Yeah. And that can be a really frustrating process because you 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 expected to make decisions really quickly, mm. and I think if anything, what I would do differently is I would probably fight harder to go deeper into the teams, so less you know spending time at the the leadership level with yeah. with the other company, um, you know, or or wherever it be, but get more into the teams where the work is being done. I think that gives you the true picture of what's going on, yeah. uh, and the problems that need solving, and the pain points, and the really mm. good stuff too. Mm. Um, I think that you have to make decisions really quickly and you're going to make a lot of decisions based on assumptions. Mm. And I think you want to validate those assumptions as fast as possible. And I think if I was doing that differently, I would probably, you know, just find a better way of um, meeting the pressures and the demands of such a fast moving acquisition, but also mm. being able to say, but hold on, you know, we need to hold on and, and, and really kind of validate this actually and spend some time doing that. And I think eventually we did buy the time you know, we did a big sort of um, discovery to look at the platform strategy and the product strategy and things like that. But, yeah. but it, it, you know, we basically, from agreeing the sale, we, we, had, we, we were owning the business and integrating it two weeks later, um, wow. which was so quick. So, yeah, so, and then I think from, from my sort of individual performance perspective, I think, um, I think that, you know, I went into it with a lot of enthusiasm. Mm. And I think that's so important. Um, but I think for some people you know it's, it's really difficult for them change and mm. and we, I think we've all struggled with that at times yeah, and things yeah. and I think you know you it's can't, scary as well isn't it it's really scary yeah. and I think for me um it's really hard to do this um I think and I, and I think I've learned the lesson but I'm not quite sure and this is something I want to take forward is how do I do this better but how do you make it individually important to everybody mm. everybody's so motivated by different things but they've also got so many different worries and it's how just yeah just how do you speak to people yeah when you're talking kind of to a, to a group, how do you make that individually important or motivating mm. to them? I think mm. that's something I'd really like to, to, to work on going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, is, which is, you know, is how you'd want to do it, isn't it? But time sometimes doesn't allow yeah, you to, because yeah. there you have to like do deep dive into each individual person, their personalities, their drivers, motivators, etc. And then yeah. obviously you can personalise that to each individual then, but it's difficult to do when you don't yeah. when you've got time constraints, yeah. which obviously you did in this situation. Yeah, yeah. I think you've probably been quite hard on yourself. Yeah, there. always. Yeah. Oh you always are. <laughs> you said you? that at the start. Oh yeah, you? yeah. That inner critic, it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um But I think, yeah, and decisions, you know, that decisiveness, you're always trying to you're under a lot of pressure, as I said, to make decisions. And I think sometimes you wonder, should I just make a decision? You know, should I just make that decision yeah. and move forward? But I just think co-creating solutions and strategies is so much better. Does it take more time? Yes, you know, it yeah. does. 
and you have to bring more people through the process. But it's one of my firm beliefs is that when you co-create mm. something, it's so much better than what you as an individual can create. Um, but you but you do wonder, you know, was it frustrating at times maybe yeah. for some of the private equity people that you know weren't making sort of definitive technology decisions before we truly understood what that meant yeah. probably but but they, they were great and they understood that and we wanted yeah. to make the best decisions possible to, to set the company up for success you know I'm, yeah, I'm a big definitely. believer in leave something better than when you found it it's so easy to make a quick tactical decision mm. um, and look good off the back of it but yeah. I just really believe that you know build things to be better when you leave them and set them up for success and the people because mm. because you want you know, people thrive in environments that are created like that. They don't yeah, thrive absolutely. in short-termist tactical decisions, ultimately. Yeah. And that wasn't the aim of this. It was to build something. Strike and Purple Bricks coming together. Yeah. It was to build something really great, you know, and that's yeah. what they're working on now. Yeah, fantastic. And what's um, what's next for you then? Where where yeah. Where's your journey going to yeah to next. yeah it, i mean it's been it's been you know since starting the journey in sort of technology it's been so interesting and and you know i, I kind of recently a couple of years back went into sort of mm. some property development stuff and things so cool. i'm really a, a bit of a crossroads um i think ultimately what i've just been advising with a health tech company yeah. uh and just working with them as their scaling and their platform strategy and it's so great being able to it's a, it's a real privilege to be able to go into businesses and just offer experience and insight but I learned so much through the process yeah. too so I'm not sure really whether I continue to do some more of that consulting or I do I would like to be part of something again there was something yeah. very special about strike and purple bricks the flutter and sky bet journey yeah. and I am I am sort of thinking I'd like to be part of something but I think I'd like to do something around tech for good I think um, I love that sort of health tech sector it's something mm. quite close to my heart for the last few years I think AI and that sector you know sort of healthcare and um, wearable devices and diagnostics I, yeah. I think there's there's a, a, a true sort of evolution going to happen there uh, yeah. I'd love to be part of that um, yeah. so yeah we'll, we'll see really yeah well, watch this space yeah. then yeah. <laughs> yeah. fantastic brilliant um, any advice that you'd like to um, to hand out to sort of aspirational advisors CTOs anything that you, you want to kind of end on yeah yeah I'll have a good yeah I'm still learning like all the time myself but, um, <laughs> we always are though aren't we yeah like, we are yeah the thing is the world's always evolving and changing and we have yeah. to adapt along the way and and you know that I'm a firm believer of that as well is that yeah. you never stop learning you yeah. never stop developing it's that I think that's the fun part of the journey I used to yeah. really focus on milestones when we get to this point when we get to that point yeah. but actually it's all about enjoying that journey and learning and being uncomfortable and that process yeah. and I yeah. think I was thinking about this a little bit on you know sort of a couple of days leading up to this and I thought what's so important and I think when you're on that leadership journey you're going to see a lot of other leaders you know and how they lead and there's no real book there's no handbook there's a brilliant yeah. book called Think Like a CTO there's there's, uh, there's a really new book this year and it's probably, oh, okay. the, it's probably the first book that you could read this a little bit of a handbook and it has some fantastic oh, on... I love books like that yeah, you yeah. just keep going it's back like a manual. to them can't you with yeah. little snippets it's yeah. better than Project Manager for Dummies which I was on a long <laughs> time ago um, but it's a really good book and yeah. I think you know and I was thinking uh, there's another brilliant book and it's called Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Agur I don't know if that's how you pronounce it but the CEO of Disney he yeah. has some amazing uh, core values. I've used he, some of his quotes oh, recently. They're so actually. good, yeah. Being courageous, decisive. Yeah. But I think you're gonna you're gonna try and find a style as a leader. Yeah. And I used to look at other leaders and think, you know, they're brilliant. Like they're so decisive, or they're you know they're so good at just cutting through a problem and mm. things like that. And what I think at a time I was trying to be a bit like them, you know, mm. trying to mirror them. 
And I was like, this isn't working for me. And I think what I learned and the advice I would give is continue to grow and evolve. That's that's the beauty of, I guess, the the, the journey of, of, of career and life. Mm. But, but you know, learn from others, but, but don't fundamentally shift who you are. You yeah. know, it, you know, you sort of, you're learning who you are, but I think don't try and be like anybody else. There's only you, there's only one you, and that's fantastic, and that's enough, that's mm. more than enough. Mm. And just grow and add on parts and, and, and take that on. You don't have to be like anybody you know, just, 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 be, just you. be yourself yeah. Um, yeah. and find your comfortable space in leading. Yeah. And that might mean in the future, you know, you really choose the organisations you're part of. Don't try and force yourself into a, yeah. a shape. And I, I've, I've tried to do that before and it's not worked out for me. And, I, and I've learned from that, you know, I've gone, yeah. gosh, this is such a good opportunity. But culturally, it just didn't fit for me. Yeah. It just wasn't the right environment. And, I, and I've kind of learned now in the right environment, you, you absolutely thrive mm. in the wrong environment you don't and that can set you back further sometimes with your confidence so yeah that, yeah that would be my advice is yeah find your style learn from others but don't try and be any different you know in terms of who you are yeah fantastic brilliant well I really enjoyed that Thank you, really enjoyed it it's really interesting um, and I feel like we've added a lot of our well you Hopefully. not a bit yeah, we no. <laughs> <laughs> great um, host <laughs> Um, so thank you thank you very much for your time if anyone would like to reach out to you what's the best way for them to yeah probably LinkedIn is probably best yeah yeah, brilliant I always love hearing from people it's great to to chat and connect yeah fantastic brilliant well thank you very much again for your time and I look forward to releasing the podcast yeah thank you for having me I really appreciate it no worries thank you